Let's take our Bibles and go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I hope you enjoyed the video illustrating what often church becomes, even though we don't want it to be. What we're going to do these next five weeks, we're going to go through a series on possibly the most interesting subject you have ever thought conceivable by humankind, church membership. A lot of people, when they think about church membership, sometimes that's like two strikes. It's especially if you're talking to a friend who they're, they're not in a church. They don't, they don't appreciate church. They may feel guilt about even the idea of coming. Some people have come and they say, never again will I go back. But here, here's the situation that we have at Rocky Mount Baptist Church while you're finding your place in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Uh, God has saw fit to bring us people, and that is the greatest blessing that God could ever give is people. Amen, church? And uh, I just want to say how excited and blessed I am. Two weeks ago, we stood here on this stage and said, there's going to be a Franklin County Agricultural Fair, first one in 40 years, 30 hours are going to have to be manned there for us to have a booth, Rocky Mount Baptist Church. Not counting set up, take down and clean up and going to get the supplies, to bring the supplies there. And said so we will not, you know, Fred and I talked, we're not going to burn out 10, 15 people. And said, look, if this is something that God is laying on your heart, we have one sign-up sheet we added the back there. Or I guess the front, if you come in, that's the front of the church. And uh, and you guys just responded. We had 40 plus people who volunteered all through this past Wednesday through last night when it got very, very cold. I mean, it was so cold that Lee Flora texted me and asked me to bring him a coat. I mean, it was that cold. And you guys responded to the glory of the Lord. Thank you for being God's church. Praise God. I mean, let's just give the Lord praise for that, man. Absolutely awesome. And, you know, we, we, we talked about it like, well, if we announce it and there's like five people show up to, you know, to do it, and then what are we going to do? We're going to be like, well... We're just not going to do it. You know, one of those awkward things, but you guys responded. So many people around Franklin County who visited that fair were invited to church, were given uh, information about Jesus, were given the gospel, and uh, sent out. Terry went out there a few minutes ago to look at our parking. We've been hearing people say, like, the parking out here along the street, uh, by the time church is here, is is full. Our parking lot that we actually have for the church is full. And uh, some people said we're parking over, some folks are parking over at the Franklin Center behind us. And so Terry went out there. He's going to give us a report of what's going on. Because what we're going to probably need to do, for those of you that are younger and in good health, if you could help us out um, by not parking along the street here, but going going over so that you get a little bit of exercise before you get to church and you think now hold on that may be a little bit inconvenient but praise the lord for the ones who are able right that are able to do that in good health praise god you say you know what i may need to park a little bit further from the place that we meet because this is not the church we are the church so that more people can come so that our seniors can park out here so that our people who have physical difficulties can park out front and for our guests to actually be here in the parking lot because what happens when you show up 10 minutes before church and all the parking's full you may drive on 
It could happen. So we want to be a good steward and we'll, you know, try to do the best that we can. And listen, all of this is new to me. I'm not one of these guys that's doctor, reverend, pastor that's preached for, you know, 80 years and been a pastor for 400 years and knows all of these things and has written books. Like I really, all that I, this, I'm serious. All that I know what to do is just to every, every Sunday when we gather to open up the word of God and to break it down and to teach the Bible. On Wednesday night, we gather, we pray for missionaries, we pray for people within our church that's hurting. We open the Bible. Our Sunday school Bible study teachers, they teach the Bible. That's all that we are really about is to make Jesus known, okay? So I don't want anybody here to think because of the people that God has chosen to bring us that we're somehow, look at us, we're high on the totem pole, Rocky Mount Baptist Church. May it never, ever, ever, ever be. Ever. May it never be that we, that we get so excited about the gift that we forget the giver. And we do want to celebrate every single life that has changed, every single person that has come out of being unchurched for years, has repented from that rebellion towards God and said, I want to humble myself within a church, become involved to teach my children to, to the Lord of God, to have a biblical, godly marriage. We want to celebrate all that, but let's not be like the children of Israel that when God blessed, they began to enjoy the blessing so much that they forgot the blesser, okay? I don't want that to be a downer, but I think one of the most dangerous things that can happen in our individual lives that we also learned in Sunday school today, hey, listen, if you're not plugged into a Bible study class, you are totally absolutely missing out and it blows me away when people will send me questions right and i want to be here for questions and they'll just ask a random bible question it's like they studied that in sunday school yesterday go to sunday school is that too much we learned that one of the most dangerous things that can happen is when god blesses us and we begin to take more joy in that blessing um and that takes away the joy of our salvation. So we want to be thankful for what God is doing, but we want to stay humble before him. So take your Bible in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to read a fairly large portion of scripture. And we're going to read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning in verse number 12, all the way through verse number 26. Then we're going to break it down and then talk about uh, church membership and function, whether it's a country club or it's a church. So verse number 12. And 1 Corinthians 12 reads as follows. For just as the body is one, and as many members and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit, notice this, in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit, which means everybody gets saved by the same Holy Spirit. There's not a Baptist Holy Spirit. There's not a Presbyterian Holy Spirit, right? There is one Holy Spirit who does the work of regeneration in our hearts. Verse 14. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. Now it gets pretty awesome. Verse 15. If the foot should say, now imagine this. If the foot should say, a speaking foot. If the foot should say, Because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, so now there's a talking ear. Because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye. I've known some people and 
they talk so much their whole body could be a mouth. But if the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, verse 18, God arranged the members of the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet what? One body. More illustrations, verse 21. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which are so composed, which are presentable, Excuse me, verse 24. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, that there may be, what? No division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. Notice, if one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together passage of scripture that we just read is lodged in the context of first corinthians chapter 12 which is speaking about spiritual gifts the gifts that god gives every single person who has been saved so if you're a follower of christ here this morning god has given you spiritual gifts followed by first corinthians 13 called the love chapter which is often read in many weddings So what we're going to do is we're going to try to break this chapter, this passage down in this in this way. For those of you that have been involved in a church or you know church people, often the church can grow to where it doesn't resemble what we just read. But it can resemble more of a country club. We okay this morning? Now there's some, there's some differences and here's, I'm just going to give you the ideas that we're going to break down over these next five weeks in this series. Uh, we're we're going to look at church membership. Is that even biblical? We cover that in our membership class. Uh, we we want to understand why do some people, why is it that some people come to the church, they, they get saved, they join up, they team up and they get involved in serving. They're reaching out to people. They're, they're encouraging people. They're, they're attending. They're there. And then why is it that some people come and then it's all they ever do is attend sparsely? And at what point do we, do we take into account personal preferences about music? And, and what about the church's back door, about the people who come and they join, but then they end up leaving? In other words, what call does God have for us in the local church? And here's the big picture, the driving thought this morning, and it's in your outline. You can read along with me. Number one, country club membership, all right? Country club membership is a business relationship of dues that are paid and services that are rendered. Whereas church membership involves a relation, a relationship that is rooted in love and a local faith family which involves sacrifice, self-sacrifice. Now we may have some country club people here this morning. We may have some Travis Tritt country club people. That song, I'm a member of the country love club. Country music is what I love. Um, I drive an old Ford pickup truck and I do my drinking from a 
Some people are looking at him like you totally knew how to say that, but you didn't want to because you're in church. But, but, but if we all, you know, read the Bible at one time or another and we're reading these things about, man, like, like verse 26, this is so huge. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. But yet sometimes, depending on your church background, you can be in church. And it's not that one member suffers and everybody else suffers with them. You've got different cliques throughout the church. Have you know churches like that? And you've got this group who likes each other and they hang out with each other as opposed to this group. And it's almost like, it's almost like little kids, but just big people's bodies. You ever notice how little kids relate to one another? Like how some, some will gravitate towards one another and they play with each other like, well, we're playing over here. And then this kid comes and he's like, I want to join in the game. And they're like, no, this is our house that we just built out of blocks. You can't play. And the kid's crushed, right? You know. Sometimes that can be church. And I put a statement in, in, the, in the worship guide there with you. It's a rather long statement, but I thought it was so important. Uh, there's a book by Tom Rainer called I Am a Church Member. And we're modifying those ideas, looking at scripture throughout this series. But here's a statement that he gives. He says, do you know how to remain a member of the country club? You pay your dues. Do that and people will be available to serve you. Think not just country club, but think cruise. For those of you who've gone on a cruise, people are simply there to serve you. But here's the question for us. Do you know how to remain a biblical member of a church? Here it is. Give abundantly and serve without hesitation. The concept of an, this is hard, this is harsh. The concept of an inactive church member is an oxymoron. We still okay? Biblically, no such church member exists. Such is the reason we are exhorted to know our gifts and abilities so that we can use them to best serve the church for the glory of God. The fact that there is so much diversity, not necessarily even ethnic diversity, but diversity of spiritual gifts in our church is our strength. Everyone has a function. Everyone should be functioning. And everyone should have a role. If you were here last week, we talked about us reaching out to this next generation. Um, the millennial generation has about 15% that claim to be evangelical Christians. Those are the ones who were born between 1980 and 2000, generation Y, those born after 2000. And did a little bit more digging and uh, the builder generation. So those of you who are born before 1946, some of you young bucks and does. Over two-thirds of that generation are churched. Now think about that. That means for every person that you talk to who was born before 1946, there's a two-thirds probability that they're churched. That's not even talking about the ones that were raised in church but fell out of it. So our seniors, the further you go back, the more you guys have a biblical worldview and background than we do. There's some of our seniors that say, I remember here in Franklin County going to school and we were able to read maybe a, a part of the Psalms on Sunday morning or, or pray in class. Today, you try that? Well, I think it would be cool if somebody tried it. Come on. It's okay to be a rebel for the Lord. Two-thirds... And now 15%. 
With the majority of the ones born before 1946 being involved in church, we've had now what has become like a church culture, except for the younger people, most of whom were not raised in church. And what has crept into a lot of churches has been this. It's not so prominent now, but back in the day, as I'm told, it kind of worked like this. If you wanted to do well in business, you went and joined the big church in town. You ever heard of that? It could be the first big Baptist church. It could be, you know, a large Presbyterian church, anything like that. You go there because in church you make friends and make business connections. And if you're a member of a prestigious church in the community, then people will know that you're probably a trustworthy business person because you're a member of the large church in the community, you see. And through Christianity being the majority culture, it's not that way now. In fact, if culture continues to go in the direction that it's going, it very could well be in many parts of the United States that if people know that you go to a church that believes the Bible, they won't want to do business with you. So then what will we do? And slowly but surely, in many cases, the country club mentality has seeped into church. And statistics tell us, this is crazy, that 9 out of 10 churches in America are not reaching their communities. So what happens? Let's fast forward 10, 20, 30 years. If churches by and large in America don't reach their communities, meaning reach the next generation, then what's going to happen is what's happening all across America, just not to the point that it will happen. Churches close the door. We know what happens in Europe. A lot of the uh, cathedrals and, and these large religious buildings are now museums. Now you can pay to go in. But nobody worships there. I mean, there may be a small prayer group of five to ten people in a thousand room auditorium. So the question for us is, let's not look at, like we talked about last week, let's not look at MTV, alright? Let's not look at Hollywood, or some people call it Holly Weird. Let's, let's not look out Let's look at ourselves and see, are there ideas that we have about church that could be keeping us from reaching this next generation? For some churches, it's to where they become committee-driven to the point that the IRS is jealous because there's so much red tape. For some churches, they become in love with traditions that are not even in the Bible. In some churches, the question What must we do to reach our community? What must we do to reach the next generation? Never even comes up because it is a country club mentality and it's all about me and my comfort level. And people come in to the church. They may even come and join the church. But then what they often discover in many churches across the U.S. is there are cliques. There is red tape. There are not the questions asked like, how can we reach out to the Matthew 25 crowd? How can we reach out, we reach out to the ones who don't have money? To the ones who, please hear me, who can't tithe? Because they don't even have a job right now? What about the ones who are in jail? What about the ones who may have difficulty getting a job once they finished out their time? What about those people, you see? What about the, what about the families that are totally and completely dysfunctional? What about the little kids that run so wild and crazy that we don't know what to do with them? 
What about those teenagers that come in and everybody's like, wow, I didn't know you could even buy clothes like that. And the people who say that's that's because they hadn't been to the mall in 30 years. Or when somebody comes who's of a different socioeconomic uh, strata, the thought within many churches is, who can we get who will take care of us? That's a country club mentality. Those followers of Christ, it needs to be like we look for people who are messy. Amen? We look for people who need help. Now, if God brings us people that are stable, praise God. If God brings us people who make a lot of money and who have the heart to give to support the work of the Lord here, praise God. But Jesus was a friend of sinners, Luke chapter 15. And it's such an amazing thing when a church begins to turn the corner from a country club mentality, getting people like us who we have a lot in common with to looking to people that nobody else wants. Now, big question. Don't most of us, when we are in a social situation, we're talking about the body of Christ working together, and there's somebody and you're like, I don't think I have anything in common with this person at all. Don't some of us feel a little bit uncomfortable? Come on. Like you, you're trying to find, okay, so you, do you, do you enjoy, uh, do you enjoy music or do you hunt or do you fish or, you know, did you see that sale last week? I mean, just, you know, you're, you're trying for something. You're trying. You know, you're from here. And they're like, yep. And, and like they get, they get, you know, and you just feel uncomfortable and weird and awkward. There is a point to where in the body of Christ, y'all, we've got to get beyond that. We've got to get beyond it. Because one of the coolest things is when God brings people into our lives that we don't have any, we don't think we have anything in common with. And we're like, if I asked them to go out or ask that couple to go out with my wife and I or my husband and I, I'm like, it would just be like, we'd be at Hardy's just looking at our thick burgers, like nothing to say. It'd just be, it'd be a disaster. It'd be, don't hate on Hardy's. At least they're honest. They're like, our stuff will kill you and we don't care. <laughs> Everybody else is trying to throw in a salad like it makes a difference. Like, really? Come on. I respect Hardy's. Stay strong. Like when you're thinking about like like relating to people, sometimes in the body of Christ, it's not so much, well, what is your belief on the second century uh, thought of Ignatius in regards to the Trinity? I mean, you're not you're like, that's not going to, most of the time, there's, there, there are some people here that are, I mean, we need to pass out cookies and say you're a smart cookie. They come to me with questions. I'm like, uh. Let's go talk to Ben Robertson. I mean, there's some, there's some smart cookies here. But I mean, most of the time, it's not, it's not like these doctrinal issues that cause divisions in the body of Christ. It's just the fact that honestly, honestly, it should be very real. A lot of us think a whole lot more about our own comfortability level than about loving another person. You see, we don't, we don't reach out. Um, and we don't, we don't invite them to lunch, invite them to our home because we think it may be awkward. Well, well that's just thinking about me. That's, the, that's thinking about us. Let's just go beyond that and look to people who need the Lord, people who need to be integrated into the body of Christ. So we're going to look at four now that we're going to start the sermon. Um, and we've got like five minutes left before 12 is going to be, we okay still? Some people do that. Y'all know what that means? Oh, that. Four components, all right, four components. We'll knock these out of functioning, 
a functioning church member. And here, here's the big idea. Once again, country club membership is where you pay your dues and you get services and people to serve you. Church membership is to where you sacrifice for other people, ready to give and ready to serve. Basically, church membership is something of function. And before we break this down, it, it as a pastor, sometimes you have to laugh because like you're talking to people about church and some people, you say, well, do you have a church that you're plugged into? And like, yeah, 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 oh, yeah. And uh, they say, uh, it's uh, uh, such and such. And they look at like the other person who's with them. They're like, uh, uh-uh, uh, I'm like, and you know, and then one of the great things, like they, like they hadn't been in 50 years, you know, but like they go there, like they so go there. And then, and then you say, well, what's the pastor's name over there? And they have no clue at all. A lot of people in Franklin County, especially the South and probably all, all across the U.S., this is usually the story. Like when you're a kid, you join the church. You didn't get saved because high school, college, live like a hellion, you know, doing everything against the word of God. And then, you know, years later, somebody said, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm a member at such and such. If you haven't been, if you don't go, if you don't serve biblically, you are not a member of that church. Regardless as if your name is on the roll or not. Biblical church membership is a privilege and an honor because it means that we're able to work with God's people to do God's will. And oh, it's awesome. So let's knock these out. Number one, the first component of a functioning church membership is to understand that there are many parts as we read in verses 12 and 13 but one body let's get that again verse 12 for just as the body is one and has many members and all the members of the body though many are one body so it is with christ so the church for the thinkers the greek word is ekklesia which literally means a called out assembly never in the bible does it ever refer to the church as the building right never now it's it's become a part of our vernacular when the puritans came over do you know what they called their houses of worship they called them meeting houses They would not call it a church. Do you know why? Because they came from primarily Roman Catholic Europe to here and where everything was about the building. Everything was about the ritual. We're the called out ones and Jesus told us, I will build my church. For those of you that get the voice of the martyrs and you can go to vom.com or persecution.com, you can get the app on your phone 5 a.m. every day. They'll send out a prayer request about the persecuted church in the world. I was reading about um, a Middle Eastern country the other day and about how believers are being suppressed and persecuted. And sometimes it seems like even in where, where, where over in Iraq that we looked at about a month ago, those places, those historically Christian places where Christians are being wiped out. Sometimes it looks like the enemy will win. But Jesus says, I will build my church. And this is not some crazy guy standing on the side of the road. This is the one who conquered death. The one who rose again from the dead. The one who says, you know what? I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Literally, it means that the church, when you look at it in the original language, this is so cool. It means that the church is kicking down the gates of hell. It means that the gates of hell, they may be firm. They may be erected through false philosophies, false ideas, sin, guilt. But Jesus will triumph. 
And he gives us an opportunity. Notice verse 13. This is so beautiful. For It says, for in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. It means when you get saved, you become brothers and sisters with other saved people in the world. And let me just put this out there. With getting to know new people in Rocky Mount Baptist Church, you do have something in common if you're saved and they're saved. You have Jesus in common. And going on mission trips before where we couldn't even speak the language of the people, you just knew. You could talk to them and they would be talking and you could just say, I mean, something. They, they, there, was, there was a communication barrier. But you know that you both love Jesus. Remember that Sue and Brad, Romania? Even though a lot of them could speak English. I mean, it's a beautiful thing. And imagine if we were in the first century, we weren't Americans. Imagine if you were a household slave with no rights. And you heard the message of Jesus about how he came to bring freedom and forgiveness. And you know that even though you had been born into a hellish situation, you understood that you were still a sinner before God and you gave your life to Jesus Christ and you began to meet with these Christians. Later on, they met in the catacombs. To hide for their lives. And you, for the first time, you've seen that movie 12 Years a Slave, how they would rip the families apart. In the first century, that was happening as well. Even if you were were in possibly modern-day France, the Roman legions came in, killed the men, took the women back, and then took you as a child. And you, you understood, you remembered that. Then someone told you about Jesus and your meeting with just a candle underground. And they say, welcome, brother. This is our sister. Do we realize the impact that that makes on people who've never had a family? There's a lot of families that stay in Franklin County because they want to be around family. But imagine never having one that were baptized into one body. So it's not about us like the Meet Church video. I want a pony, right? I want church to start when I get there. I want to go to the Super Bowl. All of that stuff, it is something that let's come before Jesus and say, I don't want to come to church to be visited. Although we want to reach out to our homebound members, we want to reach out to the ones that are ill. I don't just want to come to church so that I can receive messages that inspire and music that that allows me to worship. But we come but to work and to be involved so that there's Many parts, but one body. Verses 14 through 26, all parts are necessary, but they're different, man. Some of y'all, God has given you the gift of mercy. We've got an encouragement team here that sends out cards. We've got some people here that have the spiritual gift of teaching that are so unbelievably accurate that they can take the truths of God's word and they don't hem and haul around it. They explain it clearly so people walk out like, Wow, I never understood that passage, but I do now. We have people here that have the gift of serving. I mean, they could like just, they just kind of do this with their hand and food starts appearing. Like they serve. People who love doing hands-on work. There are others that are encouragers and exhorters. They come alongside people. They're inviting their friends. It's like when you're around them, you get energy because they're energy givers as opposed to energy takers. There's some people in this fellowship that God has blessed to be able to understand finance, something that our government does not do, that if you don't have it, you don't what? You don't spend it. But if it's not your money, right? That's the logic. Everyone has a spiritual gift. So all parts are working and suffering together. Jesus said in Matthew chapter twenty. 
verse 28, even as the Son of Man came not to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. People say, Jeff, what do you want for Rocky Mount Baptist Church? I want us to be what God has created us to be in Franklin County. And I want to, as the pastor, squeeze us to any mold that we see in a church growth magazine. In fact, one of the leaders in our state, he was talking uh, to me the other week, and he says, what is happening in Rocky Mount Baptist Church in Franklin County is not supposed to happen. Y'all realize that? So it's not supposed to happen. And the fact that we've not done a lot of these models of church growth, which God may use in many places, it should bring glory to God. But here's a warning. As God has brought so many of you out of darkness into light, saved you, given you a desire for things that you've never had before, what can often happen in the church is with us out of, without us even thinking about it, we start to develop a country club mentality to where we come to church and we judge what is happening and it's all about our personal preferences. May it never be. Listen, this church is not for me. This church is for Jesus Christ. This music is for Jesus Christ. As God gives us talent, we want to use it for Him. Final verse here in verse 26. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. One of the greatest ways that we can show the love of Christ to our community is when one of our own goes through tragedy and when everything hits the fan in their life and we're there for them to show the love of Jesus and to work together for God's glory. Some people have never had that. Some people have those few close friends that they have, but nothing beyond that. What we want to do is to be used by the Lord so that when someone else we don't even know suffers, we feel it and we're there for them. Let's let God do what he wants to do among us. I don't know exactly what that's going to look like in the years to come, but we know that Franklin County needs Jesus Christ and he's brought us together to do his will.